This is 110% Improvability, the podcast about you and your business. In this episode, I thought we could talk about something that really frustrates me. Decisions. Actually, it's more the lack of a decision that bugs me. In many places that I've worked or visited, there's been a common theme of people who complain over their morning coffee. They're waiting on decisions to get made. So in this episode, I thought we could talk about what makes decisions difficult and what you can do about getting to answers. Well, at least that's what I've decided to do, if that's okay with everyone. Well, that's probably a good place to start right there. Why is it that I would need to ask for everyone to be okay with a decision that really only affects me? That external locus of approval is what drives people to chase Facebook likes and Instagram hearts. But is that really adding any value? Now, I'm a coach trained in how to help people make decisions. When it comes to my own decisions, though, I struggle just like everyone else. Why? Because decisions are hard. And they're personal regardless of what the choice is. The decision, at least in our own minds, tends to speak to who we think we are as people. So how are we going to live with the guilt of getting the call wrong if it's all about who we are and what value we provide? The idea that we need to seek approval from others, or even from ourselves, boils down to the thinking that makes us worry about something we just bought. That stomach-churning sensation when we worry about whether we should have bought the sensible comfy shoes rather than the strappy high heels, even if my calves do look great in them. This post-purchase dissonance, or buyer's remorse, can occur just by imagining that we've made the decision and are now thinking back to alternatives. How crazy is that? We don't even have to have gone through with the action, and yet we're already worried about what it could be if we made the wrong choice. We could always use the what's the worst that can happen question. When it comes to most decisions, the consequences are actually far less dramatic than we're dreaming about. We're unlikely to suffer greatly whether we choose the fish or the the steak for dinner, no matter what the Flying High movie would have us believe. We imagine so many problems with making the wrong choice. Whether the decision is about where the company wants to invest money or whether today is the day you decide to start wearing pants again, the way you think about making the decision makes a real difference. Now, like any good advice columnist or cheesy politician, I have a five-point plan to help us think about how we're going to make our decisions a bit more effectively. So here is advice bit number one. Most decisions are really not black and white. Most decisions are actually not a choice between good and evil or fantastic and devastating. Sometimes it's actually just a choice. The fish or steak choice presented in Flying High was really just a choice between different forms of protein we were going to have for dinner. When we think about the what could happen question, we've got to start being fair with ourselves. As humans, we have a tendency to worry more about the potential negative outcomes than any of the possible positive ones. This negativity bias may have been a survival trait when we lived in caves and were worried about being eaten by a tiger if we made the wrong call. I mean, how likely is that really these days? Except maybe on Netflix. So let's move on to thought bubble number two. Worrying that we might not succeed is really not a great way to operate. Now, professional sports coaches drill into their athletes that playing not to lose is nowhere near as effective as playing to win. Now, for anyone who's seen my profile photo, I know you'll be surprised to hear that I'm not a professional athlete, even if I am as likely to compete in the 2020 Olympics as anyone else. In my life, though, I face decisions just as you do. When any of us think about these choices, we mentally weigh up the chance of getting a negative response. 
A very simple example is getting married. Now, if you ask someone to marry you, they may say no. They may say yes. One way, there's a high likelihood you're going to get married. In the other case, you're not probably not going to. But if you don't ask them, there is a 100% chance of you're not going to get married there. The chance of failure may get you thinking that you shouldn't choose. Sure, you might have an uncomfortably bruised ego for a time, but there's a great way of getting your mates to finally shout you for a beer at the pub. Well, when they reopen, that is. If you choose to act, choose to ask, you might just change your life for the better. There is a possible upside. Chicago Bulls basketball legend Michael Jordan once said, or perhaps had it written for him to say, you'll always miss 100% of the shots you don't take. This analogy works for basketball, but also for everything else. If you play everything safe, you may end up in one of those HBO specials about someone who at the end of their life regrets the choices that they never made. And none of us needs to appear in an HBO special, do we? As I was saying, decisions can be just choices. In that case, it's really our own judgment that's all that's required. As a society, we seem to love instantaneous gratification. We won't wait for things. In an interesting yet ethically questionable set of experiments, in 1970, Walter Mischel, a Stanford University professor, put a treat in front of a child and told them that they could eat it if they wanted to. If they were willing to wait, though, for 15 minutes, they could have a second treat, another marshmallow, double the reward. They did this to 32 kids. The outcome of that experiment and subsequent follow-up later in life showed that these kids who waited were far more successful, had fewer health problems, and were generally happier about life than those that just tucked in and ate the, the extra treat. Well, I think I'll have a marshmallow. What does that say about us now? We get so excited about bright and shiny things. We tend these days to favor immediacy over long-term benefit. We emphasize short-term over long-term value. As Freddie Mercury once said, I want it all and I want it now. And what discussion of effective decision-making would be complete without a reference to a rock band like Queen? I digress. This happens in projects all the time. Those social butterfly types out there in project land loves the excitement of starting something new and will rush off to project kickoff meetings instead of finishing what they start. I blame catering. So that leads me to my third point. Consequence is important. There are also immediate reactions. Let's imagine you have a ball hurtling towards your head. How much time will you wait before deciding what to do? You stand there wondering and well, then it hits you. In this case, Weighing up your options had better be a quick process, or the next choice involves ice packs and probably a good lie down. Sometimes, though, you do need to think about it. Not put it off, not avoid it, but deliberately choose to think about it. Not taking an action because you're procrastinating or avoiding a decision is very different to choosing not to act or to delay your action. Immediate decisions can be hasty ones that may not be as useful as those that we think longer about. Those of you who have worked with me for any length of time know that I can't survive for very long in a room without a whiteboard. It's my comfort thing. Don't judge. I needed to replace the one in my office, and this made me do a happy dance that makes me glad this is a podcast and not a video blog. One store had these really cool-looking glass whiteboards on a massive sale. I thought, great, I'll have one of them, and rushed off to make the purchase. Having just been talking with someone about coaching for effective decision-making, though... 
I stopped and considered what would make the outcome successful. And I'll discuss that process in a moment. The walls in my office have ridges between the panels, so they aren't completely flat. It looks a bit like picture frames on the wall. The long flat support brackets couldn't be attached. The glass whiteboard I was about to rush in and get and probably celebrate with a glass of champagne would not be able to work on my wall, and that would have been a pretty poor outcome. I nearly fell victim to the classic number four thing to think about. I made an assumption that all whiteboards are basically the same. When it comes to decisions, especially when related to whether or not you should act, I have two questions I like to ask. One, what assumptions must hold true for this to work? Now this question makes sure you've thought through not just what you need to achieve, but what steps and intermediate goals have to be in place for you to get to your outcome. The second is somewhat more confronting. The number two question is, do these assumptions hold true here and now? In the second question, it's that that usually trips people up. We like to assume that we have all our ducks in a row. In reality, most ducks are running about like they're at some kind of rave party. By asking this second question, we start to visualize the process to get to the outcome we wanted, so we can decide if we're ready, and that we are also willing to put in that kind of effort. Now for a dream house, a lot of steps to get there might be worth it. For a cheese sandwich, well, maybe not, depending upon your devotion to cheese. The primary thing to think about though, and I put it late in the podcast, so hopefully it sticks in your mind, is to be clear on what you are trying to decide. Unclear objectives create more stress and arguments than many other things. It's then left for people to guess or to form their own opinion on what the decision really is. Whether to eat something is kind of a vague notion. Whereas choosing a cheese sandwich is more clear. Grilled cheddar is a more specific choice, and now I'm beginning to wonder whether I should have skipped lunch to do this podcast. This narrowing of choices is often referred to as a funnel. Many methods can be used to get there, and it really helps us to get a clear position before making our decisions. Cheese sandwiches are optional. Once you are clear on the decision you need to make, the impact of making the choice is important. If we choose not to change something, what's going to happen? Who is going to be affected and will they care? If we make a decision that changes something, then the same questions do apply. The effect on stakeholders is important, but we've really got to remember that we're key stakeholders too. Don't forget that we're going to be affected just as much, if not more, than anyone else. So a great way to make sure that all stakeholders see things the same way is to use a program management approach called a benefits logic map. This is the process I referred to earlier. It doesn't have to take long or to be complicated. I'll summarize as this is really a podcast topic all on its own. Agree on the overall goal. Have some clear and measurable ways to know what things will look like once you succeed. And look at what changes you're going to need to make in order to get those outcomes. Now, what activities are we going to have to do in order to make those changes? Our decisions then can be based on information that we can point to and agree on. Making decisions based on real and agreed information saves us time and emotional energy and lots of arguments later. Now, decisions can be tough, emotional, and can be unpopular. To do them right, we need to consider a number of things. Firstly, sometimes they are just a choice, not always good and bad, 
is to think about whether the choice really should worry us. Number two, not choosing is not the same as choosing not to act. A passive approach like that often leads us to on the path of regret. Number three, the choice usually is ours. Outsourcing our choice to popular opinion might seem like a safe idea, but it is though no judge on whether the decision is actually going to be right for us and make us happy or sad. Number four, assumptions aren't necessarily bad, only that not working out whether they're valid or not can be a real problem. We shouldn't just assume that we have everything ready and we've got to worry about those raving duck parties. And number five, be very clear on what we are deciding on and make sure that the people that need to be involved in that decision can see things the same way that we do before we go down that path. So there we have it. Some ideas on how we can make decisions more effective and less painful. I hope this has helped you think differently or perhaps more positively about making effective decisions. Any feedback on this podcast is welcome, and any general comments, please send to info at improvabilitysolutions.com. I've decided I need to go and get a cheese sandwich. Thanks for listening.